This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And this week, we're answering questions about predestination. So here's our question for today, Pastor Michael. Doesn't the Bible teach both free will and predestination? Yes. No. Great question. Sometimes. It depends. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm again, glad you're we, so definite on that I answer. know. I love that. You know, I'm, I, uh, I was predestined to give an ambiguous answer. So the... Uh, I'm actually, I don't feel ambiguous about this. And um, so as we have said uh, in the past, particularly in yesterday's episode, uh, the Bible, like just, I think God loves to like use the Bible to obliterate and to offend American sensibilities. It's, you can't be a liberal American, read this and be like, this makes me happy. Like it just grinds us. So that's, I love that personally. So um, I do too. it just makes me realize like I am not the pinnacle human being. Like I, God is constantly dismantling what I thought was right. And, and not just you, but every American, every American. It's so true. So um, I want to just call out something. You're going to hear preachers, pastors, mentors, religious leaders. Um, you're going to hear them say things. And you're going to hear these things from a lot of different people because one person says it, another person hears it and it feels Right. Okay, so here's one of these things that you'll hear Um, in heaven. We're going to be singing forever or you'll be here this in church sometimes. Um, Man, if you don't like singing now, you're going to hate heaven because that's what we're all we're going to do forever and ever and ever. Now, is that true? The answer is no, that's not true. Right. And people say that and somebody said that and that sounded right. But the more you actually read the Bible, you realize, oh, that's not true. But it's one of these like things that's said and it's in our just vocabulary and vernacular as evangelicals. Okay, but it's Mm -hmm. not true because heaven's going to be way cooler than that. Here, here's another one of these things that sounds good on, on the surface, but once you uncover it and look under the hood a little bit, car metaphor, you're welcome to him. Uh, you realize it's not quite as simple. Okay. Um, the Bible teaches both free will and predestination. Okay. Um, I agree with this statement and I disagree with it. I disagree with the way most Americans and most what pastors do they mean are, by what they're saying. Yes, 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 yes. So let's just, let's do the easy part first. Everybody who's a Christian believes in predestination. You cannot argue that. The question is, what do you mean? What do you mean by, by predestination? And so people who um, just cannot handle a God who would choose, we say, well, God looked down the quarters of time and he saw who would choose him. And he chose people based on their choice of him. So actually he didn't choose us. We chose him, but he chose us because we chose. That's ridiculous, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, the word means to predetermine one's destiny beforehand. And when foreknowledge is used in salvation, God does not foreknow decisions he does foreknow them but he does not base his choosing because he saw a decision he foreknows people that's mm-hmm. that's what he's trying to make the point of so all that being said predestination is something that every christian should believe in although you can define it in ways that make you feel better what mm-hmm. the bible typically means by predestination is that a destiny is predetermined beforehand in ephesians chapter 1 he says that we are predestined before the foundations of the world meaning that our destiny was predetermined before creation and our destiny was that we would be adopted as sons through jesus christ that's right so my sonship um, in jesus christ um, exists now because before the foundation of the earth god destined me for that and he destined me for that not because he saw that i would choose him but because he 
chose me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now we're clear on that. Again, listen to yesterday's podcast. If you don't agree with that, I love you and you are allowed to disagree. You're still a Christian, but at least you know where we stand on that because where we stand on that is going to set the stage for free will. Okay? That's right. Do non-Christians have a free will? Do Christians have a free will? Does God have a free will? Great questions. All right. So here's what we have but to ask. But they're not the same answer. They're not the same answer. And that's what's important. So what do we mean by a free will? Well, Tim, am I free to jump 100 feet in the air? The answer is? You can try. I can try. But, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Now, am I free to pull out a gun and shoot you in, in the chest? I have the capacity. I don't have the gun, but if I did, I could. You, you know, could. I don't want to. Okay. Um, so... I understand we're getting kind of weirder, but like by free, what do you mean? And so here's what I think people actually mean. Let me give like vocabulary to what I think people are trying to say. What they're trying to say is that we have a moral free will. We have the freedom to choose good or bad or right or wrong. And And listeners need to go back to yesterday's podcast and hear what we said about total depravity. Absolutely. And I want, I want to clarify even further what a moral free will is. Okay. Um, I have, I am free to do anything I want to do and have the capacity to do. Mm. So I might want to jump 100 feet in the air, but if I don't have the capacity to do it, I don't have the free will to jump 100 feet in the air, okay? Uh, In your moral capacity, your moral free will, I have the freedom to do what I want to do and what I have the capacity to do. Now, let's break this down. For the non-Christian, and this was what we dealt with in yesterday's podcast, so you got to go back and listen to yesterday's podcast to get this. The question was, why can't I just choose God for myself, okay? The reason is because the non-Christian without the Spirit of God has no capacity to want to choose God. Yes. That's the problem. That's right. So yes, the non-Christian is free to do anything he wants to do, but the Bible clearly teaches that the non-Christian will never want to truly choose God. Um, so now you may disagree with that, but again, we don't have time. Go to yesterday's podcast on that. Um, now, some of you will say, okay, when I came to Christ, I chose God of my own free will. And it's almost as if John and Paul, the authors of John and the letter to the book of Romans, mm-hmm. um, saw that mindset coming and addressed it. So um, for those of you who believe because of your moral free will, you chose to trust in Christ, you have to reconcile that with what the Bible says. And the Bible is going to smack right into the face of our ideas and notions of free will. Here's what the Bible says. John 1.13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So we're like, amen. Anybody Mm -hmm. who receives Jesus and trusts in him, you become a child of God. Who were born, not of blood, meaning it's a spiritual birth, nor of the will of the flesh. What? Did he use the word will? Yes. You Mm -hmm. know what the will means? Will. Desire. Want. Nor of the desires or wants of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So right off the bat, John 1, I mean, John is talking about salvation. He says, anybody who can come to Christ, anybody who comes, you'll become a child of God. But here's what you need to know. If you come to Christ, it was not because of your will. Your will played zero part in your coming to Jesus Christ. You came to Christ because of God. And then John continues to unpack this. And I think it's like three times or so. Jesus looks at the disciples in the book of John and says, 
you did not choose me, but I chose you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. You this, did not choose me, but I chose you. And this totally flies in the face of the seeker movement yes. where people are the ones who seek God. And yet in scripture, we see God is the great seeker. He is the one that's going after us as his, to be, become his children. Yep. We are not seeking after him out of our own desire. Yep. And you could say, well, I, I sought him. Well, then take that up with Jesus. And he said, nobody can come to the father unless the father draws him. That's right. right? That's like, a great passage. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. <clears throat> so Jesus is like, so in your face about this. Why? Because if you chose him, then you have a basis for boasting. Yes. And that's, we, none of us have that. None. And if you chose him, that is a declaration that you are smarter than somebody else, that there is something in you that is better than in somebody else. And at the end of the day, the Bible wants to get rid of any notion that you had anything to do with this, because if you did, then you could get credit for it. You could boast even just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And what God wants every single Christian to know is that not one ounce of your coming to saving faith was because of your will, um, but it was because of God. So next passage, Romans 9, 14. So important. So Paul is talking about this predestination choosing. It's called also election. And, and then he's anticipating the responses from his listeners. And so here's what he says. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? Basically, what he's responding to is people hear about this doctrine and they say, that's not, not fair. fair, right? God is not just. And here's what he says, by no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Meaning I choose who to have mercy on. Mm -hmm. I choose who to have compassion on. And here's what he says. So then, this is Paul's conclusion. It does not depend on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. And then he illustrates this. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I have raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whom he wills and he hardens whomever he wills. Like, okay, so twice in scripture with full clarity, the Bible wants you to understand this. Free will is not the reason you became a Christian. The non-Christian is free to do anything they want to do, but the non-Christian does not want God. The only way somebody can want God, like truly in a saving faith kind of way, is if God first gives them faith, and then as an expression, a response to the faith that God puts inside of them, they act on that. But where did the faith come from in the first place? It came from God. It came from God. And so we get down to this. Let me just summarize this for you. Before the foundation of the world, God predestined, we'll talk about you, Tim, you, mm -hmm. at a certain point in time to hear the gospel and to become a child of God, to be adopted into his family. And you, if, if he had not intervened, would never have chosen him because you did not have the capacity to. You would have freely rejected him. You did have a free will, but you weren't free to do that, which you cannot want to do. And so God gave you the gift of faith at the right time when you heard the gospel. And you, because now he gave you faith, acted in faith. Mm -hmm. You did the first thing that a dead person does when they come alive. You breathed. <gasps> and the breath of a newly resurrected person, the breath of a newly resurrected follower of Jesus Christ is a proclamation of faith. 
you breathe and you said, I believe, save me. The irony is your ability to even say those words uh, is an indicator that you're already alive. Right. And so what we need to understand is the moment when somebody professes faith in Jesus Christ, they're only able to do that because God had already given them that faith in the first place. And God gave them that faith when they heard the gospel at the right time. It might have been the hundredth time they heard the gospel or the first. That's up to God. And so uh, here's one of the best, I think, breakdowns I've ever heard of this. Who has truly a moral free will? Is God free morally to sin? The answer is no. No. So God does not have a moral free will. God is only free to do good and righteousness. And that is it. Uh, does the non-Christian have the a free moral will to do good before God? The answer is no. No. They are only free to do that which is what the, that which they want, which is to sin. Uh, even though on the on a horizontal earthly plane, other humans may look at it and say it's good. It's not good before God. Do angels have the free will to sin? No. God has apparently removed that from them. Do demons have the ability to do good? No. And the answer is no. So they don't have a moral free will. The only creature in the spiritual and physical universe that has a moral free will, the ability to do good before God or bad before God, are Christians right. alive right now. We have the ability to choose sin or to choose good. Christians are the only creatures who have moral free will. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we talk about the word free will, just got to define it. Got to be clear. So yes, I believe in a free will. Everyone is free to do that which they want to do. God is not free to sin because he will never want sin. Mm-hmm. The non-Christian is free to, to is not free to do good because they will never want good before God. That requires faith. You and me, though, we get to do good or evil whenever we want. Hopefully we'll choose right <laughs> and choose God's side. God willing, that would be great. That'd be great. Thank you, Pastor Michael, for that clear answer. And listeners, thanks for joining us today. Please don't forget you can submit your questions to our podcast by going to our church website, vcob.org, and just click on the link that says Q&A podcast question. Please join us next time when we answer another question about predestination. And the question will be, is predestination based on foreknowledge? Foreknowledge.